welcome back to yet another episode of Punditry on a Pint. Yes, I am hosting. That means Amar is not here. Joining me on this podcast is Vaishnav and Poe. Um, what are we talking about, guys? We've had a lot of discussion on what we're going to talk about. But I think the topic we have decided is to touch that nostalgia centers of all Manchester United and Arsenal fans. We are going to talk about our greatest managers in history, Sir Alex Ferguson and Arsene Wenger. We're going to talk about our favorite memories of them, um, how each of them influenced the game in their own ways and you know what they brought out of each other in terms of the rivalry. So, um, Po, I'm going to start with you. First of all, like just starting to watch football, what has Arsene Wenger done for you, bro? Like, how has he made you feel? Right. I mean, before I start off, no, I'd just like to say thanks for the intro. But then I feel like I've played enough FM with Arsenal to call myself the greatest manager that Arsenal have had rather than Wenger. So, okay. <laughs> but we're touching base to Wenger. We, we've already... Thank you for listening. <laughs> yeah, we've already... Already reduced the value of Wenger. <laughs> it's not even one minute in. I mean, to be fair. I mean, no, no, don't go there. Don't go there, Vaisnav. Let me just start off. <laughs> Let's not start the episode off with bitterness, okay? Yeah. So, so by the way, listeners, we decided that we're not going to make this a competitive episode between Ferguson and Wenger. Because you can't. What? Come on, man. That was the best rivalry <laughs> that the Premier League seen. It lasted for a good 10 years between 1996 and 2006. Rivalry? I mean, 2006, I don't 2004, know. before the big money of Abramovich came in and then Chelsea decided to buy the whole league. But, but, but until see, then, but see, it, was, it was a two-horse race with three titles going to the... Uh, was it though? I mean, this is like that. Uh, this is this is like that. MTR Gulab Jamun ad. Mom, I came second in the race. How many people are racing too? <laughs> like, it was the best I rivalry mean... that the Premier League seen. But, po, po, you go ahead, bro. You go ahead. Go ahead with your Wenger nostalgia before we ruin it, bro. I I want you. To, <laughs> I want you to have a moment. <laughs> bro, this is so mean. Uh, we just call him at 11.30 in the night and say, come, we'll I'm, I'm not partaking <laughs> in this if this is how the episode's gonna go, bro. Like, I, I'm out, see then. All right. No, no, so, I take it back. As I was saying, between 96 and 2004, before the big money move from Abramovich came in and bought the whole fucking league, these, these two are the argue, arguably the best teams that we've seen in the Premier League, the way they went at each other and like the rivalry was fucking insane. Although the sad part, when you ask me, Akshat, about what I remember from Wenger and <laughs> what made me really like Wenger, sad to say that I did not see the best of his days life. Like, I don't think any of us saw the best of his days life because, like, we started watching football much, much later, 2006, <laughs> 2007, whatever it is. I listen, Vice. Now, I can say all this shit. You can't, okay? So shut up and listen. <laughs> Vaishnav <laughs> had a really, really like antagonizing smile on his face when Poe said all that. <laughs> I held so much back now. He was waiting to pounce. But yeah, I mean, so it's the football, no, Akshat. Like, just generally, the way the team is, the way, like, what Wenger introduced to the Premier League in terms of stylistic play. 
the beautiful like game to the to the league and like he this this entire winning team that he built it wasn't just good looking for the eyes no like it was also built on like a strong strong team like good physical attributes plus insane technical Olivier Giroud <laughs> come on man i'm out i'm going to drop my headphones if you keep doing this <laughs> like screw Giroud no. like he built that team with like <laughs> you- you said good looking for the eye. That guy is a model, bro. That's all I wasn't oh. saying. <laughs> You've seen that French magazine ad with his like naked butt on the cover. I think that's what you're referring to. But yeah, man was a good looking chap. But yeah, so that is not for all listeners. No, that was not what I was referring to. But <laughs> <laughs> at least that was what I was referring to. So yeah, good. Okay, continue. Yeah, but like he built that team with like players. He introduced like the whole like expats coming into the league majority of it like there were like of course there were like people from abroad playing in the league but that wasn't such a you know like everyday sighting like majority of the teams now are constructed of people from other leagues and like other nationalities he was there like who that's because only the best have to come and the best are not are going to be everywhere no, but then he did That's open all. the floodgates he did open the floodgates at least at Arsenal it was also in early 2000. 96, 94. Yeah. I'm going okay, back like to when he started. Like he got like outside foreign players. No, His first signings were Marco Omaza and I think it was Emmanuel Petit. Yeah. And then he got in Vieira. He got in Henri. And this is like, like people joke about this also. You know, like he did introduce the league to like major diet controls and shit. Like no, no sugar in your tea, son and all that bullshit. But yeah, he did change the level change certain perspective and aspects of the league and for the better I'd say yeah I mean that is something which Wenger is definitely credited with with um, improving like the standards across you know nutrition and sports science which were still in a very developmental stage not just in football but in sports overall Um, and uh, I think in the Premier League there was that culture, I mean, you're staying in Britain, you visit the pub every evening, you go on a bender, like... Dude, there was this thing called the Tuesday Club, okay? Like, so every Arsenal player used to have an off on Tuesdays. And they used to go on that day, get hammered, like pissed drunk, do all kinds of crazy shit. Yeah. And then he completely put a stop to all of that. Like, the entire backline, which is built in, like, British talent, at least, like, Tony Adams... Uh, Dixon, all these lads, they had this huge drinking problem. Like everyone knows what uh, Tony Adams went through in terms of like alcohol abuse, and then he later ended up in prison and all because like that went out of control. So yeah, I mean, Wenger was one of the primary reasons that changed the culture of the club in a good way. Also, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and and it's not just at the club, right? Like I'm not saying he was the first person in England to do that. I I don't know if that's true, but. Um, the the fact that you know if if someone at a top club starts doing it and you see the results, that kind of propagates throughout the league also, right? And that kind of sets the standard for everyone. And I think um, again, like I'm not saying it was solely Wenger, but he was definitely a big part of um that movement. And you know, just the the introduction of sports science into football and the Premier League as a whole. Um, Vaishnav, I'm going to come to you now. Um, same question to you about Ferguson. Like, what was it about him, you know, watching his team or him specifically in childhood um, that made you support Manchester United and made you support Ferguson? Cheating. 
<laughs> yeah, I think on the opposite end of the spectrum for <clears throat> for both Akshat and I, it's like we saw <laughs> the best you could possibly ask for uh, in the time that we started actively watching the sport. And maybe he did uh, some. Okay, admittedly, he did some more incredibly great things before our time, like the treble and stuff. But still, like a lot of the modern success he had was in that period that we were watching football itself for a good six, seven, eight years. And to me, one of the craziest things is I. It's like you know what you know, right? So, like going through life, I always took over to every other sport I watched. That if there's a team that's good, they're just always going to win. <laughs> like, there is, there is no such thing as somebody winning one season and then next season somebody wins. And I, how's the reality check coming, da? It's it's lovely, it's lovely, bro. It's it's very bad. <laughs> I took took away the took away the sarcasm just in case. Very bad. I'm broken. I'm broken. You know, people can't see the video feed. No, you broke me now. Yeah, yeah, I know. I'm sorry, guys. I was nodding in dis in dismay, and I'm just very broken as a human being now because of. Paul. So, <laughs> I hope you're happy, Paul. Yes, but very much. Yeah, for me, the craziest thing was the consistency, man. Yeah. It's like, yeah, a lot of players rem- remained because they were young-ish and towards the peak of their career when they were at United. But he would also just do things with, like literally do like whoever and ten planks of wood, you know. He'd hand or hang on to one or two incredibly competent players, and would genuinely not give a shit if like an insane player is giving him too much shit in the dressing room. It's done. Like there is no quarters given. There is no <clears throat> okay. Let me appease this guy so that we can win. Maybe he does that one season because you really needed a player at yeah. the club to perform. But that's not something that's sustainable, and I I feel like his man management is something that I, I don't think anybody is going to ever be as good a man manager as he was. Maybe there are better ones. Maybe Carlo Ancelotti is probably up there with like just man management. There are probably other coaches who I'm not thinking of on the spot. But to me, that was it. Getting the best out of your players week in week out, consistency, man management, and because of the way he won everything, the way he could come across to the yeah, press was yeah. also like. <laughs> You're here because because yeah. I'm here, and uh, yeah, I will. It's like a PT teacher and me, bro. It's like he yeah. puts you in your place. It's like you. There are no stupid questions. There are no misquoted sound bites because he's going to clarify exactly what he means, how he means it, in what context he means it, and how it should be construed. And that sort of control of the messaging. It's like he was essentially. Everything at that upper level for United, he was PR, he was technical director, he was coach, he was fucking. I'm sure he was doing the accounts also. God knows, like he was doing everything. He's the one talking to players, making sure yeah. they perform, and uh, so the amount of that that carried over into just winning titles year in year out. I think that's invaluable because I don't think he ever had the best of the best of yeah. the best players. I think every other season that we went to the transfer market, maybe he didn't get exactly what he needed, but we still spent a shitting amount of money. Don't get me wrong; we always got big names, but you'd think that they essentially at that point the greatest manager in the sport would have the pick his pick of the players, but that's not how the reality pans out in like a competitive sport. But anyway, like that to me was crazy, man. Like just fucking 
how you can win bro playing jisung park as right winger i don't mean to disparage him i don't mean we all know how park is an insane player but bro that's not possible dude anderson played center midfield in one champions league it's, bro it, it, that part of his of his game what you said about um getting the best out of the players he has um it's so apparent you know like just watching his teams it's so apparent that there are people who are performing way above their level i mean like i, I don't want to go into too many examples cuz i again it'll sound like we're disparaging players but you know even someone like javier hernandez who was very very one dimensional as a player like ferguson knew how to use him he knew how to get the best out of him fucking west brown as a champions league medal again i don't want to shit on him bro he he that cross for the ronaldo he we went up first or equalized i don't remember whatever the one of the goals scored at moscow was from a west brown cross it's yeah. not bad but like it's crazy he had nailed up and this right aspect of his of his game uh, of ferguson's um, game was um apparent throughout his career cuz at aberdeen he was managing an incredibly underdog team against the scottish giants of rangers and celtic and he broke that duopoly and he won the cup competition as well then he went to europe in the cup winners cup uh, which doesn't exist now but he won that competition as well so his i mean his ability to extract the best out of any team or any situation he's given is something which i think sets him apart from anyone else and um another thing which you mentioned which i which i was going to bring up myself that his control of the media cuz from a very young age i just love listening to press conferences like i do it i don't miss a single press conference even now <laughs> what a I know. weird little kid bro yeah man <laughs> what a weird little kid what a Akshas like fuck the highlight package. I'm <laughs> waiting for that end part. Two minute clip presser. But legit, like, like that. I'm not even exaggerating. That was me. Okay, because I was like, I want to hear what Ferguson said about this. Because <laughs> um, he was my idol. Like I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. That man was my role model, my idol. I want to be like him even today. Everything about him and the way he was able to control. When we say man management, we talk about just players. But the way he used to manage the media, the way he used to manage the expectations, the entire club, as you said, the accounts, he was in charge of it all. Like he was not just a great football coach. He was a management fucking god, right? The way he's able to run a club as big as that with so much control and to do it for so long. with the fucking glazers in charge let's not let's not pretend like that's a small thing he was able to make that club successful with despite them being in charge but i i think that's a valid point but i also think like it was the fact that up until that point those two lads the boys uh fucking from the hood they were they set up the club yeah. for so much success that even in a point where like you said he was hamstrung like he was around so it didn't matter exactly. like you said he's going to get hernandez to score yeah. 15 goals a season like bro that header you remember the one that he scored a backwards header I, i'm sure every listener will remember I this i think it was chelsea yeah it was in like some i think it was in a cup game but whatever but he does like a fucking jutsu or some shit bro <laughs> like he he rides his entire body in such a way that his the back part of his dome connects with the ball head or goal and i remember ferguson saying something like cuz somebody asked him in the presser like you know what do you think of like that sort of a finish and he's like that's why i got him cuz he can like sense yeah. something out of nothing and when you're in that 6 yard box that's all that matters is a touch so i just need that touch and th- Like it's crazy how you can have in your same career players like Cantona and players like Hernandez, yeah. like such yeah. different use cases, and it's crazy. Like he's going to get the best out of them both. I mean, seems like 
Go ahead. What I was, no, I was just saying that seems like Davids have done a lot for both United and Arsenal because there was a David Dean before, like Gazidis and yeah. Kroenkes came here as well. And then who basically built the club for what it was so here. The Americans don't like the Davids. See, yeah, seems like that too. I mean, to add to what you guys said, no, like the one enduring fact about Fergie for me is like that still sticks with me is the way he's been able to adapt, you know, like what, 92, 91, when did he start coaching you guys? Like, Eight, eight, no, no, no. It was 86, I think. 84 or 86. It is, okay, that's way, way, way before. Yeah, so basically he's seen like his fair share of like new managers and new teams and new philosophies come across the whole Premier League. He's seen the freaking yeah. league change. He saw the Berlin Wall fall now. <laughs> like he's been around. Been, like to be able to see all of that and to adapt and still be at the top. Like it's not a joke. Like Wenger's come in, he still was dominant over that rivalry. He's he's seen Mourinho come through. He's seen like basically the Chelsea when they did come up in 20, 2002, 2003. By come up, I mean I'm talking about new owners and big money coming into the game. They basically changed what football is. Yeah. I think like I that's important to mention because like what we saw like with City in 2013, that was what Chelsea was back in the day. Like they genuinely yeah, came and reboot. disrupted football in a way we've never seen before. And you yep. see, you know, the giants like Ferguson and Wenger adapt to that was a, a very fascinating time in Premier League history. He still managed to go on and win, like against those teams, and win titles over them, like in terms Dominate. of numbers and domination. Yeah, so I mean, kudos to that. That's what really like hits home for me when you talk about Fergie, man. Yeah, yeah, I think there's that. I lurk on basketball Twitter a lot, and these kids keep throwing around the word aura. I don't think it can be used for yeah. many other people than people like Wenger or like Fergie Wenger. Like these type of like always, you'll hear oh, their home ground is a fortress. Like yeah, it can be, but not OT has never truly been a fortress as it was when Fergie yeah. was there. Like Champions League home games, knockout stage, group stage, fucking. If the Germans invade OT, like it doesn't matter, bro. It's like. You're going to have two planks of wood, one Johnny <laughs> Evans, one fucking Rio Ferdinand. Shout out to Evans who somehow starting today for United. <laughs> so there's that fucking insane. I mean, it's fitting, isn't it? We're talking about a bygone era and you're playing a bygone player like yeah. that. Like in the heart of your defense. Yeah, yeah, it's fitting for the yeah, yeah, a bygone club playing a bygone player. <laughs> Very fitting. But anyway, the the point being that man, it was crazy, bro. Like that. You just knew, dude. Like, I remember I watched a highlight package against uh, Spurs. Poe will appreciate this. The first half were 2-0 down. And I have seen the highlight still the 2-0 mark. And I didn't know the score. This was the time we had to see it in the newspaper. Or I could go on the internet and see it. But I didn't see it, okay? I was just waiting. It was the day after, morning off, Sunday, Saturday night game. I'm like, fuck, we probably won this game. Final score was 5-2, bro. <laughs> I'm just like, fuck. Even you guys have spanked Spurs, Spurs for a 5-2, is it? Like, Twice. after losing 2-0. Twice. Like. This, this, by the Twice. way, this was the famous uh, Lads, it's Spurs. Uh, lads, it's Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. Lads, it's Tottenham. Uh, <laughs> halftime dressing uh, team talk. Dressing room team talk. Po, yeah, yeah. Po, I, I'm sure uh, <laughs> Ferguson is earning brownie points in your eyes right now. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Pizza points, I'd say. Okay, so moving on, Um, one thing I want to talk about is that, you know, there's this whole 
United's way of playing and Arsenal's way of playing or the way an Arsenal team should play and I feel like for both of our clubs it's been defined by these two managers to a very large degree like the culture of the club so po I just wanted to talk about like in terms of that culture what is it that Wenger has left Arsenal and what is his legacy at Arsenal uh, beyond AFTV. just the uh, <laughs> <laughs> dude his last Sorry. words at the club when like after the final game where look after the values of the club okay oh, wow. so the man is defined what arsenal is supposed to be what arsenal is he he embodies that whole tradition class and virtues of the club i mean people generally talk about like on twitter and bullshit like arsenal or class club and all that shit like you can't define that with words and i mean it's it's sort of like a thing that you can't definitely put against the club but like if anybody is led by example it has to be wenger and he's defined what like true class is for a club in my sense and like generally if you ask any arsenal fan i think they'd hold the same opinion about it but that just like the soft virtues of the club no but like when it comes to the way they play and all like everyone knows what it is like it's it's having these highly technically gifted players basically like bombard your entire squad with like people who can play the ball like i mean given the opportunity i bet he'd like to have like these new age keepers also who can like play football instead of with their hands and shit i think wenger would have loved to see that but yeah he he's defined definitely defined a beautiful way of football for the arsenal to follow and i still think that the club as it is right now are trying to emulate that in some sort of way so i mean to have a legacy of that sort it's incredible the man's cast in bronze for fuck's sake man bring it home <laughs> so like that, that there's one thing which like as a united fan um It, there's this thing which a lot of the pundits and everyone say it's the united wave and um sometimes i kind of like scoff at that i'm like bro if we win we win but genuinely you know when you see van hal play and when you see mourinho play uh, for our clubs you do feel like this you don't get that feeling this is not what it's supposed to be like this is not what i'm supposed to feel while uh, watching a united team play and i think that is so much down to ferguson like you said he's defined what this it is to be a united player he's defined what it is to be you know um the way to play like manchester united just be on the front foot play even direct football we don't care about possession play direct football be entertaining be fearless um go and trust your youth cuz that's again a big part of the history of our club even from before ferguson and um yeah i mean i just the way that these people these two giants have like kind of entrenched themselves into how we think football should be played at the club forever is is amazing and it's like it's that's the kind of impact that that these guys have had vaishnav do you care about the united way anymore do you think that it's just some kind of an anchor which just you know fans should forget about and you know we had the way to play before that was ferguson style and we need to evolve and, and look beyond that or are you the kind that's like you know this is what we are this is how we should play i think like firstly just like i feel like it's really good this talking point is a good place to place sort of a distinction between the way both of these two managers sort of impacted the their clubs and the premier league and football as a whole it's like 
I don't think Ferguson, like you said, had a playing style. Like I don't think he had principles of play that were consistent, that or broader principles of play and narrower roles to do that were consistent throughout his career at United. Because I th- think it kept changing based yeah, on who yeah. personnel, uh, who you're playing against. He was, and I mean, if you're there for that long, I mean, it just has to right? exactly. Yeah. Fucking now, there's color TV. It's not just black and white TV anymore. Life has changed. So like, he was around for fucking forever, right? So like, shit, organisms are being evolved around you. So like, you've also got to evolve. So like, he was there forever. But I feel like Wenger was more of the guy who would stamp his. You know what a Wenger team looks like. A Ferguson team, you know what it looks like in that season. Not respe- not necessarily throughout his span. But a Wenger team, you can more or less see the hallmarks of it throughout his... Uh, throughout the playing time under him. And I, I yeah. that is sort of a difference in approach. And I think that Wenger had very specific principles of play that he wanted to stick to. And Ferguson also definitely would have had that. But it was more mishmash and more... Uh, correct tool for the correct situation than, you know, we do this no matter what. But having said all of that, I think his basic principle of play is fucking win and that's all that matter, right? And I think that, that dogmatic fucking, you do anything to get three points on a Premier League night, that is all that matters. There is nothing else that matters. Shit, how's the result? Fans are going to talk about it for a month. Who gives a shit you win the league? Like, do whatever you can, the darkest of dark arts, the greatest of plays. And I think this is where the great players truly step up. And like, you know, they say pressure makes diamonds. So like, and also pressure is a privilege. Like there are players in this situation who are great, might do great things somewhere else, but do great thing here is like, it's there is something different like scoring against Bayern or Barca on a Champions League night for United at OT. I think there's a different gravy in that. Same thing goes for an Arsenal team. Like, same thing goes there, right? Scoring against Spurs at White Hart Lane fucking on a Sunday night, like, which hopefully will happen tomorrow. It's, Poirot, at, it's at the Emirates, bro. It's at the Emirates. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't... Then it's even better, scoring against those boys at home. Like, so, like, there are certain things and I think those things are built in the esteem of history of winning. So, I don't think you should ever lose that because... That is what drives sports people to be the greatest. Hannibal Medjbury is going to want to play well. So people somehow in some fucking parallel universe say his name in the same breath as Paul Scholes. Like it is people who it's like science, right? You lay the bricks and people lay bricks on top. You always are striving to be as good as the guy who came before. Might not happen, but I think you have to hold on to that. But I don't think there's something like, oh, we play with fucking inverted fullbacks. We do this, we do that. I don't care about that because like every manager is going to do something different and let him do something different. It's just like win, win in a certain way. And like you said, bro, you notice that every time you were describing United's play, it wasn't like tactical stuff it was like no it's never with Ferguson exciting ne- yeah. direct yeah. yeah high fucking intensity risky football have courage confidence like go after it that w- it's like fucking high school football coach uh, you know locker room talk like it, that's what it was man and that's the purest form of it that I think you should never lose and I think like as you said the comparison between the two it's like two sides of the same coin because they're both achieving yeah. the same thing but Wenger was more of a thinker or the professor as he was called. Yeah. Yeah. Literally. Trying to literally. implement all this tactically. Whereas Ferguson was more about values, was about 
I think a, another sorry to cut you off but a good analogy I just thought of is like Wenger's like this fucking theoretical physicist and uh, uh Fergie is like an engineer like it's very That's different a very good very very good analogy very different ways of approaching the same subject matter and the same broad strokes thing but like it's like fundamental principles of how the game should be played versus how we're going to apply it here but like I like I fuck miss that shit bro now everybody's trying to do the same thing <laughs> Einstein versus Oppenheimer Oh my <laughs> yeah <laughs> someone went boom so one thing which is a, a common across i think the greatest strengths of both the managers is their ability to um develop players and i'm not just saying people who are coming out of oh. the academy but like buying young players and with the sole intention that i know you're not ready today but i am going to make you a fucking star right also um, helps that you've won a lot no yeah. to do that of course and and i mean like that culture which you have that winning culture getting a player into that winning culture of course just accelerates the development to another i mean it's a it's sink or swim i think right like either you're going to fit in with that winning culture or you're just going to not and um i think that's something which both wenger and ferguson did really really well is that bringing in new people developing them and then eventually replacing them in the yeah. in the in the team yeah. um Paul do you have any one player in mind or a few players like just give some shout outs of these gems which Wenger developed himself not found but like genuinely developed people who we wouldn't have even heard of if it was not for Wenger today heard of i mean everyone's heard of him but like the prime example has to be Andre man like he's groomed him at monaco that the, is true like yeah. all the way from monaco and he made him change his position from a winger to to what took shit for it also to yeah to one of the arguably the greatest number 9s in the world at that point of time who should have been recognized more than what he what he has been for like that's just one of the examples no but then you if if you guys remember there were like by the time when we started support like watching football and i started supporting arsenal there was this we we were practically living on crumbs and then there was it was unheard of for arsenal to go out and then buy a superstar in the making like and it was all yeah. like basically buying diamonds in the rough it was a joke also no that you guys will like like there's no chance that you will dude i've seen windows where we've gone and signed a player like kim kalstrom bro like this dude was way beyond his prime and he'd blown his back out and then we had gone and bought him out on loan <laughs> that's <laughs> not a good use of words bro oh. he's legit like he's done man like his back on he's given away don't refer yeah okay, okay. don't give... but don't refer to an athlete <laughs> having their back blown out bro that <laughs> slightly more sexual connotation than you <laughs> than you wanted to be so but then on the other side like he's found gems such as nazri i mean he's developed that like ashavin percy like percy's been there from like the invincible squad to groom like and to groom him from from what he was then to like the title winning chap that you guys had had but like akshar to give you just one name it has to be fabregas man like from to have a kid at the age of 16 from uh lamasia come into the arsen squad and make him captain by that by 18 19 and make him lead the team yeah. out like yeah that's that's basically uh, a wenger player if there has ever been vaishnav <coughs> same question to you dude <coughs> who are these these players that that stand out to you in terms G- of jisung park fletcher fucking 
You can't say Ronaldo because like that's too obvious. I'm not saying Ronaldo because yeah. Ronaldo also I don't know if he's a Fergie player. Like Fergie definitely because I feel like he had so much of his career after Fergie. And, yeah, that's also. But true. anyway, hmm. but Carrick, Michael fucking Carrick, bro, Gary Neville, fucking. Now I'm thinking strikers. What striker do you think of when you think Fergie? That's too right. Rooney, Rooney, Rooney. <laughs> Nisilroy, I don't know. Again, he's been around so much that he definitely has, you know, influences from every coach. I don't think he was a Fergie striker, but Rooney, Rooney was a fucking Fergie anything tool, man. Like Rooney was whatever Fergie needed him to be. He was an RPG fanatic, is what Rooney was. That's <laughs> it. Every game was a role playing game for Rooney. But yeah, I, I mean, honestly, that entire squad throughout two thousand five, at least the midfield, Fletcher. Carrick, Jisung Park. These are my three Fergie players, man. There are no more Fergie players than these guys. Workhorses. Yeah, I, I know what you mean. Like the people who kind of embody the the spirit of the manager on the pitch, right? And Fergie was very good at getting those things out from all players on the pitch, all across the pitch. Um, it, especially in his defense. Like I think the way his defense has. evolved around the uh, throughout the years you have people like Steve Bruce who was leading the line um you have Dennis people like Dennis Irwin who not a lot of fans know right now but that guy is a fucking bona fide legend for Manchester United so uh, yeah but but then like you know building the Vidic and Ferdinand uh, partnership which to be honest like nobody knew like you were saying who Vidic was before uh, before Ferguson got him getting people like Evra in i mean he had this knack of just getting these players in and making champions out of them which is just amazing i think that's like probably the best quality which um alex ferguson had as a manager um moving on i just want to talk a little bit now uh, maybe we don't have to get nasty but i want to talk a little bit about the rivalry uh, between ferguson and wenger pizza, i have some pizza, pizza in my pizza, fridge pizza, is that required pizza. i have yeah, in my yeah. fridge also <laughs> for listeners who don't know what we're talking about we're talking about this very infamous pizza gate incident uh Paul, do you want to actually summarize what happened over here? Because, uh, in the words of a very wise man, you should never waste a perfectly good pizza. Yes, please. Friend, <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is, I don't know the background in which, like, as in, I've forgotten which game it was. Uh, but then, I, I guess all of those games were feisty. So, like, you can put it, put the context. It, it was called. It was called the the uh, battle of the buffet. So so this was by the way that extremely ill-tempered games. So um I'm not sure if this is the record po you might no, know but so. um, oh maybe yeah Arsenal were so. on the 49 game unbeaten streak. Oh yeah. <laughs> and the 50th game was at Old Trafford. <laughs> I think it is that game. Yeah. And uh the the last time these two sides had met um Ruud van Nistelrooy had Oof. missed a penalty. That was the Which start of the run. That was the start. That was the start. Run. Like that was like okay. the fourth game in or the fifth game in like in that run. 
and like it could have all been scrapped yeah. and nothing would have like come out of it but then him going martin kion all over him like banging his head and then nistel droid yeah missing that the moment penalty, he missed the like, penalty kion and the entire arsenal defense was just on top of van yeah. nistelrooy celebrating in front of him pushing him around like it was a raw fucking aggressive celebration which to be honest i miss so fucking much in the premier league today but um yeah it cut forward to this match which was arsenal's chance to create yeah. a very very huge landmark which is 50 wins oh sorry 50 games unbeaten and lo and behold rude van nistelrooy gets a penalty this time he converts it and the celebration of anistel roy is is one of the most i mean epic and like i don't even know how to say it it's like just a pure outpour of passion and just like do i think mean, those were just carnal carnal celebrations man in terms of like those are pure animal instincts that that have come out of these players like yeah. i don't think if you ask them to like redo those celebrations they can actually humanly do it again it's red mist bro it's like yeah definitely <laughs> yeah red red with some red with some yellow cuz there's a pizza coming at you <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> coming back to the game yeah <laughs> after the game so like all the players have gone back into the tunnel like there have been fights breaking out everywhere and then in the dark of the tunnel and on the way to the buffet and the players lounges and all that area like someone like fights have broken out and someone's thrown a random pizza on Ferguson's face and this was never disclosed year, until like years later when Fabregas has come out and then said like it was always like thought that was Fabregas but then years later i think like 10 years later or 15 years later he's come out and said yeah it was me <laughs> man like proud moment for him <laughs> and the most shocking thing is that tunnel was full of players okay it was full of managers coaches players this secret was guarded better than like fucking cia secrets too battlefield ah because... <laughs> battlefield secrets they stay there everybody knew everybody knew who did it bro <laughs> snitches get stitches <laughs> <laughs> legit dude i mean it was really surprising that that story persisted for so long in football culture and nobody actually knew definitely who threw that pizza they all knew they I mean, all the fucking knew the- yeah 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 everyone had just given like pointers to like it might have been fabricas but then we don't know for sure who it is but yeah i think this is one of like the best incidents out there i think it like tops lasagna gate also like so it's it's a memorable incident <laughs> vaishnav do you have any uh any memory of ferguson or arsenal versus united if you want to make it a bit more broad i can't think of arsenal i don't know if it was united versus united but honestly bro one of my greatest memories of both of these coaches of boys really going to appreciate this fergie or awesome but one of my greatest memories of any coach in that period was wenger standing in the stands with his arms stretched out after he got sent off dude bro i iconic man that's a premier league iconic moment that was a2 that was a2 that was a2 i for i did not mean to do that why do you think he's been sent to the stands no i mean why do you think he's been sent <laughs> to the stands it was a2 there was a2 he picked up a shoe and threw it at somebody i'm joking i don't think it is that but yeah he would have probably gotten scolded by the fourth official 1000 times yeah let's just say he used little french <laughs> when people randomly <laughs> throw around the word flabbergasted no that's what i picture man like when he was standing <laughs> at ot like with his wide like arms wide open 
he doesn't know what to do what to think of the game man like he's completely lost in that sense but yeah like that's a truly iconic moment in the premier league history yeah that's what i think of honestly as images of these two coaches and forgive if you ask me is he's chewing gum that's it <laughs> that man's jawline is ripped that's all i'm going to say uh f- for me i think my this was i i didn't even watch this so i know this only from highlights i think it's the 0203 season it might even be a little bit after that but um i remember it was it was when these teams hated each other like genuinely actually hated each other they were the two best teams in the country going against each other it was more than just three points it was a war uh basically some arsenal player i think your captain it was must have been viera said something to Gary Neville who's this purely like, diminutive person yeah at that time this small diminutive yes <laughs> pavam pavam is the better best word for, uh, if listeners understand what that means but yeah he he was that guy and viera gave him like some something i mean he just said something to him and roy keen who was the united captain came out and started shouting at viera and this was in the tunnel and obviously this is normal for a united Ferguson, uh, united versus uh, arsenal fixture and while this is happening ferguson is making his way out the tunnel and he ca- like he locks eyes with the referee and he says best of luck out there today and he just walks out <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a fiery encounter man. Like, but yeah truly like those years no like it was basically like the games between united and arsenal whoever wins it it's 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 granted that they're the team that they're going to go and win the title that is given like those are the title deciding five games yeah G- genuinely that like, was what it was i've i've heard so many people talk about this in the sense that back to 98 season 98 99 your treble winning season is the fa cup semi final okay so it, the same philosophy applies whoever wins those games end up winning the league in this context it's much more because united and arsenal are both fighting for the league and fighting for this fa cup semi final and i'm talking about the fa cup semi final yep. okay so in yep. that game that's the game like where people genuinely believe that if arsenal had won that semi final they would have gone on to win the double but the circumstances are such that dennis burkham gets a penalty he misses the penalty and a few minutes later ryan giggs scores that iconic goes yeah. like runs the entire yeah runs the entire length of the pitch and scores that iconic goal that sends united through to the finals and they end up winning the treble so the stakes were never higher man like those are the stakes that you're talking about like you just the penalty miss let to united like people like contextualize that scenario that particular moment saying that that turn the tides towards united winning the treble so i mean that the point of what i was trying to make was like those games really had stakes none of this city pool bullshit i i agree i i am totally with you on that all right guys that brings us to the end of this episode this was a nice one very nostalgic i'm glad we were uh, <laughs> we were nice to each other as much as we could be considering this was a very heated rivalry of our childhood hey this is fairly civil dude yeah this was civil this is fairly civil yeah maybe amar is the bad influence dude yeah yeah amar dude is these people without specs i'm telling you <laughs> anyways thanks for getting to the end of this episode see you next time bye bye